Let the church say amen. Amen. Turn your Bibles real quick this morning to the book of Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. Amen. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. Oh, we thank you, Father. Thank you this morning. This is my worship. Oh, here is my worship. I don't have nothing else but a worship. And a praise. Oh God, we thank you. Thank you from whom all blessings flow. Yes, Genesis chapter 2, verse 12. Chapter 12, verse 2. I'm sorry. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. Amen. And I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Let me go back to verse 2 again. I'm going to stay with that verse today. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and I will be a blessing. He's going to bless you and he will be a blessing to you. He'll make your name great and he will make you into a great nation. Nation means your bloodline. Anything that's connected to you, he'll make it great. I don't know about you this morning, but I want everything that's connected to me that know me to be great. Amen. It might not be the immediate family or my siblings, my wife or my children, but if you know me, I want God to put a power on an anointing on me so that when I even walk by you, you shall be blessed. Father, we thank you this morning from whom all blessings flow. Oh, let your spirit continue to roam in this place. Have your way this morning, God, none of me but all of you. I thank you in advance for what you're doing and getting ready to do. Lord, it is only right that we praise you and give you glory, honor, and praise for what you've done, doing and the power that's getting ready to come forth in this place. Now, remove William and speak through him to these, your people, so that ultimately you can get the honor, glory, and praise. We're only living because you allow us to. We only have purpose because you gave it. Let us continue to be your slaves. If we're going to be slaves to anything, which means that thing has rule over us, God, let it be you. Oh, the author and the finisher of our faith, God, we thank you, God, from the sheriff brims that continue to guard the Garden of Eden. Oh, we thank you this morning, Father, for the bloodline and the lineage for the children of Israel. Thank you for the examples, the 40 writers, and the one author of this great book called the Bible. Remove William and speak through him to these, your people, as we continue to forge forward to be the best that you have created us to be. And in the end, you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name. Let the church put their hands together as they shabak your name and say amen.
Oh, come on, amen. Amen. Come on, church, let's go ahead and set the tone. Amen. Amen. All I got to do is say amen, and I get joy when I start to think about what he's done for me. Amen, amen, amen. You can have your seat this morning, generational wealth. Amen. Building generational wealth. We have had a great time with this, although all good things come to an end as you get ready to move to something else. Amen. But I'd be remorse to just leave you hanging on a cliff. I'm not a cliffhanger. No, I want to make sure that we thoroughly get everything that God got for us. You know, the problem is we're, we're not greedy enough when it comes to the word. Listen, church. We're greedy with everything else but the word of God. The Bible says, he who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. If I'm hungering and thirsting after righteousness, at some point these things shall be added unto me. Because I've learned over time what you thirst and hunger for, you pursue. So when you are hungering and thirsting after something, you pursue it. And I don't know about you, but, but I'm ready to move on from where I've been financially. And I refuse to leave for my children what was left for me as my parents refused to leave for us what was left for them, so on and so forth. Somebody call it generations. Yes, building generational wealth. We, we've been dealing with this thing, and we have declared and decreed that generational wealth is a wealth that is passed down from generation to generation, from one person to another, from one family to the next generational wealth. How do I build this thing that I can pass the baton on from one generation to the next? That I can give it to them and say, take what I've given you. I've given you the best that I got and run with it. The problem is we'll give them a baton, but it's only up half a baton. We, we never give those who we're giving the baton to a full shake because we didn't truly build our generational wealth. We had great times, and we sporadically came together as a family and ate and cried at the funerals and rejoiced at the family reunions, but you didn't leave nothing. Big Mama was a great Big Mama, but Big Mama didn't know enough to leave nothing. And I've learned over time that Big Mama being able to cook don't leave you a I hate to say that. I got goosebumps when I said it because somebody just looked at me and said, hold up now, wait a minute, homie. Don't talk about my big mama. Big mama didn't leave nothing. You have to continue to till it. You didn't leave nothing, but you cook good cornbread. But cornbread don't help you get a house. Cornbread don't get your kids in school. Cornbread doesn't get you ahead. But everybody loved Big Mama. And Big Mama had her place in the family. She did put all the family reunions together. But when do we start putting financial situations together? When do you start looking at your little niece and nephew that you say you so love and tell them, I love you enough to put something up for you? I love you enough so when you get 18, you won't have to rely on Sally Mae. By, by the time you get 18, Sally Mae might have been on retired. Or Sally Mae might have been on, she might have divorced the United States of America. Come on, somebody. Because China getting tired of us. 
Sally Mae might be gone, but they say, I ain't worried about Sally Mae. I got a big mama. I got an auntie that's taking care of me. They're, they're putting things away for me. Our kids, parents are putting things away for them. Saying love just ain't enough. Elder Bentley, saying love isn't enough. We need more doers in this world so that it can put us in a better place. I'm, I'm speaking to a better crowd that's sitting here, but it's the truth. Saying I love you all day and kissing them on the one and smooches and smooches there and smooch, and you're not teaching them the importance of a good credit score. Uh, you're, you're not really trying to build the generation. How are you going to leave? What's your legacy? How do your children remember you? Uh, what, what, do you, what, do you what do your nieces and nephews see when they see you? What does your wife see when she see you? What are you building? Head of households should always be building something. They should always be building. It doesn't have to always necessarily mean building with their hands, Tater. Sometimes you have to be building ideas. Some, sometimes we have to build image. So, somebody, sometimes we have to build standards. Some, sometimes we have to raise ceilings, but you've got to be building something in your life every day or the generation behind you will falter. Yeah, and I'm not talking about taking them to see my dear. My dear is good entertainment, but my dear ain't going to leave a legacy. Tyler Perry leaving a legacy for his family, as he should. But what is it going to take for you through accumulation of assets to provide a future for those who are coming behind you. What, what is it going to take for you to do that? The church has so eloquently provided resources the last four weeks to show you how not only to get started, but how to finish. We started the first week with rebuilding your credit. I've fallen and I can't get up. We started there, meaning if you got bad credit, then we had somebody to come in and tell you how to reestablish your credit. We didn't say it was the end of the world. It wasn't a sin. We said that if you have bad credit, just go and get it straightened out. Line was long over there. The line was long. And that's a good thing because somebody trying to get somewhere and somebody trying to be somebody, somebody's trying to do something to change the game in the way those behind them come up. They won't have to grow up like I did. Where grandmama and them did it. Well, that was grandmama and them time. They had grandmama grace during grandmama time, but now it's a new day and it's a new era and things have changed and new resources are on the scene because there's new devils on the scene. And you can't continue to allow your children to see you on welfare thinking that that's the way. Even for those who work, Social Security is starting to demise. It's starting to diminish. It's starting to move away. We might not have Social Security in the next 10 years for those of us who have pensions coming. So we have to make, we have to put things in our own hand, and we have to go out here and make our own ways. Now, God is the author and the finisher of our faith, which means that everything we need is already in us, but there are some other mechanisms in you that's trying to prohibit you, listen church, this morning, trying to prohibit you from exemplifying generational wealth in your family, some things like laziness, some, some things like being lethargic, 
uh, contemplating. There, some things don't need to be contemplated. I know right now I got to leave some for my daughters and their children. Or I won't consider myself a man. I tell my wife, if I don't leave nothing on inheritance for you or my grandkids or my children, don't put a name on my tombstone. I'm not worthy. And any other man in here today who's worth their salt should feel the same way. Uh, don't remember me by my name. My name is only an echo of what I did. Remember me by what I did and not my name. When you, my people, Michael Jeffrey Jordan is it, only a name for a great basketball player. You don't even think about his name when you hear Michael Jeffrey Jordan. You think about the best basketball player of all time. When you think about Don Cornelius, I want to go 40 and older. You don't think about Don, peace and soul. You think about soul train. Because it ain't in the name. It's in what came from, oh my God, I need somebody. Most people don't think about how Jesus looked. They don't care how Jesus looked. They don't care how tall Jesus was. All they think about is the cross. That's all I care about. And Jesus didn't even have his own tomb. <laughs> they slow this morning, but they're going to catch up. Jesus didn't even have his own tombstone. He had to borrow a tombstone. So my legacy can't be in my tombstone. Don't put a bunch of money in my funeral. Get that money and utilize it and start investing it on my children and my children's children because I want to leave a legacy, not a name. I don't know why people don't get excited unless you're preaching blessings. They don't like to hear about how to get to the blessing. They just want to know I'm going to be blessed. But tell a neighbor, uh, faith without works is dead. It's dead. We, we don't get excited when people tell us how to get there. We only get excited when they put us there. You know why so many people play the lottery? 99% of the people play the lottery aren't thinking about education, which is where a lot of the proceeds go. Now, if you were truly thinking about education, okay, God bless you. But most people are thinking of a quick way to get something without having to work for it. And get mad when somebody holy reminds you that God is the way. You too holy, honey. Don't worry about me. I play my numbers every two weeks. And you will never come out on top. You'll win every now and then, but you're still behind the eight ball. Because look how many times you lost. You've lost so many times. And that's how we do with family. We lose so many times because we don't understand our why. Building generational wealth. What is your why? What is your why? why? Why do you do what you do? We, the church understands why we've been doing what we're doing, building generational wealth. I've fallen and I can't get up. We're trying to make sure you reestablish your credit. Doing the why, why? Stewardship. Are you trustworthy? We, we, we understood that right there. We came right back and we started talking about what? Leave more than a memory. We understood our why in the church was to get the information you need out to you 
so that you can change your bloodline, so you can change the game, so your children don't have to grow up like you, living paycheck to paycheck. Can't never take a vacation. Put money in the wrong places. You put more in your clothing than you do in your savings. And then get mad with your kids. Frustrated with them because you broke, but it's the way you made decisions that caused you not to want to deal with building generational wealth because at the beginning of that, it has to be going back to changing yourself. If I want to be great, I have to think great. If I want to think great, I have to embrace change. Brother Griffin, we don't want to embrace change. We want to go and do what we want to do when we want to do it, and we want to come back to God when we're in trouble. Oh, God, they ain't going to extend my light bill. Lord, help me. Lord, say, I told you not to go to the Battle of the Bands. You're really too old anyway to be going to the Battle of the Bands. You don't spend your bill money. Then you got your little half fixed and everything, and now you're sitting out here, and you, you can't pay your bills, and then you're claiming wealth. But it's true. It is true. Now, I'm, I'm telling this thing is true. I hate to preach this, but it's true. Because we're not providing financial security because we cannot get over our habits. We can't get over our habits. You can't get over not just spending, but how you spend and what you spend on. It, it, it prohibits you from putting up for generations to come. But you kiss your kid every night when they go to bed. Mommy loves you. Stop lying. The things you love, you take care of. The, the things you love, you ensure that I not only plant them, but I, I nurture them. I water them. Make sure they get enough sunlight so they can grow. And I'm always looking around them to ensure that weeds are not upon them. But you bring weeds to your family. Oh, the blouse look nice. But that could have been for gas this week. Yeah, it looks nice, but what about the gas next week? Yeah, yeah, they, they gonna grow up. Your kids gonna grow up, and a cavity gonna come when you least expect. I wish I did. <laughs> a kid's gonna break an arm out there just playing ball, just being a young kid. They're gonna break an arm. You mad at the kid, not because they broke the arm, but because you don't have the money to pay the copay. How can we enjoy life? when we're not ensuring security. We're not ensuring security. But we make sure they got nice barrettes. They don't wear barrettes no more. Do they still wear barrettes? They, you know, we were coming up, all the little girls had barrettes. They used to get the hair with the straightening comb. That was a generation thing back there. The, shh, shh, you don't move. The straightening comb, now everybody got to get the braids. Everybody got to get the weave. Everybody got to get everything else now. All causing all money, and you giving them all this money, and they giving all the Asians. Okay, I'm at the wrong spot today. I see y'all ain't ready. Yeah, we get Asians all the money, and now they kids get to go to school with no problem. They all in the school. Ivy League schools everywhere. They're in the top ten schools because you paying for their school. Because you're afraid to put a hot comb to your kid's head. You say that's out of style. I guess peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are too. 
But I mean, my age group, we grew up on peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, it wasn't a matter of peanut butter and jelly. You were happy when they got that skipping with the nuts in it, and you can smell the yeah, and you can spread the nuts. And, and if you ain't had the cheap bread, that the good bread to hold the nuts with the peanut butter. But if you had the cheap bread, it'll tell on you. Yeah, because it'll tear up on you because the bread wasn't strong enough to handle the texture of what was going on it. That's the problem in the church. We want generational wealth, but we like cheap bread, and we're not ready to handle the anointing that God is spreading on us. So we go around, toe up from the floor up, telling people we taste good, but nobody don't even want to taste you. In other words, they don't want to trust you because they see you through your financial resume. How you going, how we going to build on, yeah, you ain't never, you don't know about Peter Pan. You don't know about Jiffy. And you don't know about Skippy. You only know about the Food Lion brand. It's truth. It's truth now. There is a difference. Don't lie. There's a difference in the quality of food in the stores. I have lied to myself. And I always lie to myself when I'm broke. Baby, don't get them. Get, get that right there. It's all the same. What I'm trying to do is make my conscience. I'm trying to nurture my conscience. I'm trying to pet my conscience because I don't want to be truthful to myself and say, you just make bad decisions. Should have went shopping first before you went out. Yeah, you, you can't get nothing name brand. The eggs you get. All brand eggs. You ain't got chickens in there. You got eggs that crack open hens. It's rough when you don't prepare generationally. When, when you don't prepare for the next to come. Generational wealth, and we, we talked about this before, how God even made a covenant, which is an agreement, with Abram. And, and that agreement went through him and his offspring, Isaac and Jacob. Those guys lived better because of their father. Yeah, 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 yeah. Abram, he wasn't without sin, but he found a way to be obedient. Yeah, cause I don't want you to think you got to be a perfect parent to have a perfect child. I don't care how much you do for your child, they're still going to be a child. Life still has to happen for your children. Oh, I don't care what you do, it's going to happen for your children. They have their own cross to bear. Abram, because he lived the way he lived and he did what God said, his children benefited from it. Isaac and Jacob benefited from their father being the father of many nations. And they lived very good lives. But it wasn't because of just what they did. It was because of who they came from that got them started on their way. Now, now talk about humble beginnings. David had an extremely humble 
beginning. At 12, he was a shepherd. They didn't really give him a shepherd name back then. They called him a sheep herder because he was 12. But God already had called him a shepherd. Yeah, I don't care what people call you. Walk on what God called you. Yeah, they, they saw him by age. They, oh, he's old sheep hurling. Oh, he's a shepherd. He's a shepherd. And y'all don't want to call him that, but God going to pick him out. God picked David out. David grew up. David became a great king. David had issues too. Tell somebody, I got issues. But it don't mean I can't have generational wealth. Come on. Now. I just to find out, I got to find out my why. David, all through the Bible, though he messed up, he would ask God to forgive him. Lord, forgive me. What did he say? What did he say? Forgive me. I don't slept with this man's wife and, and got her pregnant. God said, I'm going to take your child. God takes the child. Most people will say, no, you should have took David. God said, what's the difference? The child is his blood. It's his offspring. I have need for David. This going to help somebody. Ooh, I, I have need for David. Yet David's still going to build something. But I got to deal with David. Because in dealing with David and his weakness, it made it stronger for the people who believed in God. So he kills the son. And the men came and told David quickly. He told David, tell David, David, the son is dead. Say, David, look. Got up off the floor because he had been praying. That's what we do when we mess up. We pray too. Oh, we, we pray all kind of prayers when we're in, when we in a tight. Uh, you speak in tongues and everything when you're in a tight. Oh, you know every Bible verse when you're in a tight. You don't even watch television when you're in a tight. How many of y'all fast when you're in a tight? Joke, if I make up all kind of fast. I had a three and a half day fast. You know, just up till I get the answer to what I need. David sits there and hears this news. And what David do? David gets up, look around and say, God has already made up his mind. So ain't no sense in me sitting down here whining no more. I got to get up and do something and, and make sure I continue to what, reinvent myself. So the first thing he do, he go and shave his head and, and change and take a bath. Take a bath. Some of y'all need to take a spiritual bath. Zest, ivory, all those soaps, I don't care how many sponges you get, you can scrub your skin till it bleeds. But some people need a spiritual bath. I'm telling you, David got up and bathed, went on about his business. And I'm so glad that he went on about his business because David had the great, one of the greatest lineages probably outside of Mary in the Bible. Because after that, David had a son named Solomon. Whoo, yeah, I know Absalom and that psycho sister and his bipolar other brother. I get them too. But David had a son named Solomon. Who Solomon, Solomon, Solomon. He had already told Solomon, God, whatever your father, whatever God tell you, whatever he asks you, son, the best thing you can have is wisdom. That's the best thing I, the best thing I got. It, it's not my looks. I, how many of you are disappointed periodically when you look in the mirror? Sometimes back down memory lane can be painful. 
I remember when I had a waist. I remember when I had hair. Uh, I remember when I could walk without hurting. I can get out of bed and don't have to, you know, now I have to gather myself while I get out of bed. Them knees, man, all them surgeries from football. I'm serious, I had to sit there. Uh, but uh, that's just life. David gave his son Solomon something that had nothing to do with the physical. He gave his son something that helped the bloodline. He gave him wisdom. The same thing he told his son to ask or answer God with is the same thing he gave him. It lets me know that, see, whatever you do becomes a reflection of you through your child. So when I'm faithful over a few things and my children see how God has now made me ruler, come on, Jesus, over much, it caused my child to start practicing and sowing. Because they saw their parents sow, they saw the, 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 the outcome and, and the things that came from that. Now the child starts sowing. And the child starts reaping the benefits. And as that child starts reaping the benefits, the next child comes. And they see those parents paying their tithes and offerings and first fruit offerings and all this right here. And then they start. And then you look at it and say, man, how did our family get so, so rich? What college they went to? Jesus Christ University. Agenda written by him himself, Jesus Christ. That's the truth. We think that college is the way to finances. And I told you last week, the government know more than our culture and our race know. And I told you about 1970 when they came in when the blacks were doing great. And when they started taking out the industrialized businesses, it started to hinder our race. They took them out to the community because they would put a General Motors here, then they would build around in houses and apartments that was nice. And they started cutting them and, and closing them down, and the apartments and the houses stayed, but the income changed. And then that's how you became projects. Thomasville. Heights. Grant Paul used to be a nice set of apartments. Trees. They had the federal pen now, but it was still pretty over there. The trees and the, the traffic and the, the train that used to come through. McDonald's. When General Motors left, McDonald's left. Because they knew once they took that, that, that blue-collar job away from that community, the community would go down, and the community did. So generational wealth stopped, and we said that in the 80s, the crack epidemic came because the black man didn't know how to handle and feed his family, and so what do we do? Now he leaves the home, so we got more single-parented mothers in the 80s than we have ever had. But what's the main thing go down? Religion went up. Somebody ain't going to like me. But relationship with Christ went down. Let me explain this. Too many people are religious, are act a form of godliness. 
I can shout if he play the right music. Somebody get up in here right now. Jumping around, running, and high-fiving people. And when you give them the word, they yarn on you. Okay, let me get out the church business. Let me get out the church business. How many of you can go home, read Sports Illustrated, the Nasty Magazine, whatever you're reading? You look at Facebook. There we go, Facebook. You look at Facebook for an hour. Sit on the toilet and look at Facebook for an hour. I know I'm in the house. On the toilet, just watching Facebook. How many raise your hand? Put it down. I've been there. Yeah, put them up. Shame the devil. Watch Facebook for an hour on the toilet. Can't hardly get off the toilet. Now you're doing like pastor when you get out of the bed. You got to move and shake and get your blood going again. But you can't read the Bible for five minutes before you, go, you, get, you start yawning and get sleepy. Oh, I'm sleeping. You want to live according to the way of the world. You don't want to build generational wealth. The true way to build generational wealth is in the good book. Yeah, he shows us through David what takes place when you teach your children the right way. Don't teach them money. Teach them loyalty. Teach them obedience. Those are the things that cause you to gain wealth when I'm obedient to what the Lord says. What does it say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then look at the promise that comes from this. Then all these things shall what be added unto who? The reader, the one who's applying. So if you're not moving forward in life, if you don't see no change in your credit scores, if you don't see no change in your good name, if you don't see a change in the blessings you're getting, you can't blame nobody if you're a member of champions but yourself. You can't blame the church on this one because the church has provided not only good preaching but application that goes with the preaching. All you got to do is bow up and trust God. Try. Mother, you know. They didn't have all the education y'all sophisticated people got now. But them mothers get up there with them knee highs on and they sing that song. Have you tried Jesus? He's all right. Have you tried mine? In the old church, by the time they get through the first, have you tried, Deacon Dixon? You know I can't lie on this. The whole church standing up. You know why this church ain't standing up? Because most of them can't relate. The things you relate to, you jump up. When Georgia come out the tunnel and we see that red helmet, 95,000. Now some of them drunk, intoxicated, knocked out. They wake up when they hear the roar. Because they can identify. Now, I sang a song that everybody should have known, should have jumped up because Big Mama took you to church. Do you remember that song? Have you tried Jesus? He's all right. They come back and ask again, have you tried my Jesus? And they'll get stuck right there. Scratching, they came in up in New York. Scratching came in with the church. He's all right. He's all right. He's all right. He's all right. He's all that, that, that. That's where scratching came from the church. 
people got wealthy because they utilized the blessing God brought through the church. Oh, my son, Solomon acknowledged to God, your father. And David tells him, and serve him. Don't just acknowledge, but serve. Put time into him. Let him become your master and you his slave. And in doing these things, and when God asked Solomon, he was prepared. He was equipped. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Still true to form today. Because I can give you all the money in the world. And if God ain't before you, it's just going to reveal who you really are. It just, it just enhances who you are. It, it does, money doesn't make you. It just enhances who you are. People say, Lord, if I make $20 more an hour, I'll pay my tithes. No, you won't. You will not. Uh, ask me how I know. <laughs> I'm glad y'all asked. Because I said it. Started teaching, I was making $25,000 a year. That was back in the early 90s. I didn't pay tithes. I gave an offering. I gave an offering because it was convenient. I had to have a teacher called Hard Knocks Life that showed me. When I got to the point I couldn't do nothing but trust him. And as I started paying my tithes, I noticed things miraculously started to change. Ooh. You know, we, we always had food, but it was the type of food in the refrigerator. Yep. Not only the food in the refrigerator, then I noticed we had a little money left over. Oh, we had a little money left over, Elder. Yeah, and, and so things started to change, so we started giving more. So then me and my wife, we got real loco crazy. We started paying tithes on what we were claiming to make. Whoo, I thought somebody would go ride with me. Brad, I thought you would have been up on that one. We started paying tithes on what we foresee ourselves making. And he's still been blessing. And he's blessing more and more and more. So now our blessing, our, our thinking, after a while, we're going to look around. Our problem going to be this, Tater. I'm going to look around and can't find a bill. I need somebody who's going to touch and agree with old man up here today and say, I feel that. Yeah, after a while, I'm going to get to the point where I'm going to look around. I, I couldn't find nobody. I ain't trying to find nobody. I'm looking around, and I can't find a bill. Then I'm going to sing the song. They said I wouldn't make it. They said I wouldn't be here today. I'm going to get stuck right out on today. They said I wouldn't amount, help me say it one time, to anything, yeah. That, that's it. No, don't y'all taking my time. That, that's it. They don't, they don't got to take it up. This my time. Tell a neighbor, I can, I will, and I must. Tell another neighbor, I can, I will, and I must. You got to have that type of mindset when you're starting to talk about building generational wealth because it ain't going to come easy. But it's not impossible. 
We have to endure this thing. I can, I will, and I must. What does that mean? I can leave a legacy. I can leave generational wealth. I can leave something for those behind me. I will if I keep trying, but the step on that is I must. I must. In other words, it's not an option. It's not an option. It wasn't an option for Jesus on the cross. Because he had to show I can, I will, and I must. Now, in, in between the will and must, he got a little shaky. We all get a little shaky. Yeah, we get shaky when that bill up and then you want your ties come around, it didn't fall right. It just didn't fall. Have you ever had those that didn't fall right must? I need some, I need some real people today. Y'all, y'all shysters, go on next door. Yeah, yeah, you ain't had it the way it just didn't fall right this week. You know, oh, I got to do this, baby. I can't. I, I'll get God later. I'll get God. Are, are, are we hitting with this here? I don't believe in it. Or, or we always run to this verse here. He said just be a cheerful giver. And throughout the Bible, he's always given five talents, ten talents, a hundredfold, fifty. He always given numbers with what he gives us in examples, but we want to go back and use something broad that we can hide behind. When people hide, they ain't trying to get better. They're not trying to get better. You can't fool the person whose world this is. He tells me in the text, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness there uh, so how can I cheat him and it's his? He don't need it. He just wants us to show him that his son didn't die for nothing. That he can trust us. I can, I will, you should write that in your journals, I must. I can, I will, and I must. I can. I will, and I must, I don't have to settle, not another minute, not another second, not another day, I don't have to settle, it may not come when I want it to, but my God is always right on time, I can, I will, I must, my God can do anything but fail, I can, I will, and I must. Proverbs 13 and 22 says in this very familiar text, a good person leaves what? An inheritance for their children's children. But then look what it says. Now watch this right here. It says, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for who? How many righteous people in here? Well, why you didn't get happy on that? Because I know you know some sinners. So everything they're doing is being stored up for you. Now don't encourage them to remain sinners. But if they refuse to come over on this side, then you go ahead and take that wealth. Yeah, so what God is saying, some people are going to sweat for you to be wealthy. Yeah, some, some people are going to do things, and they think they're doing it for them. They don't realize he's throwing it up for you. Yeah, yeah. It, look, it looks bleak right now, but it's coming. Uh, don't tell a neighbor because they ain't going to believe you. Encourage yourself. It's coming. Oh, it's coming, baby. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. He tells us in Proverbs 29 and 18, very familiar text, where there is no vision. 
my people shall perish. So you should be looking every week or every now and again telling your family your vision. You should have a vision that you're working. I tell women, if you don't wake up every now and then and your husband's still up late at night at 3 in the morning just laying in the bed looking up, something wrong. He can't always wake up at 3 o'clock thinking about you. I got the same two people always laughing at the, the same two or three people in here laughing at me. Everybody else hate me in here. Can I go to your church with you? They don't like me. You think they'll accept me over there? I'll be okay right now. Yeah, they, I got the same three people laugh all the time. Everybody else looks slow today. I don't know what. But it's the truth. Most people, you're waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're hungry for something else. When are you going to wake up at 3 o'clock hungry for a vision? When are you going to wake up at 3 and just get up and sit up on the side of the bed, use your cell phone for something for real, though? Start typing that vision in there. Or write that vision and make it plain. And then you'll figure it out what it means tomorrow. But I got right now, God, downloads. So I'm run on sentences, misspell words, don't matter. Don't get caught up in all that. You just make sure you get the content of what God is saying to you in your life. Because whatever he's putting in your life, that's for those coming behind you to prosper. Yes. Even Jesus, when he went back home to see his father, as he went to prepare a place for us, yeah. us mean those who go into heaven, he still left some. Because <laughs> Jesus couldn't have died and just went home, and then we're talking about building generational wealth. The Bible would be void. Jesus himself had to leave something for us, his father's children which means that we're Jesus' brothers and sisters. He left us something that money can't buy. Oh, something you can't buy this. It, it'll never go on sale. He left us the Holy Ghost. Even Jesus understands. Even Jesus understands that you got to leave something for those who are coming behind you so that they'll have a chance to be successful. <laughs> you got to do that. I'm telling you, see, this thing is, yeah, God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden, and man messed it up, stunk the whole place up. Stunk it up. I don't blame it on the woman. I blame it on the man. The woman was never given the task of responsibility. He gave man the task to be responsible, and even from the beginning to oversee the garden. That's called head of household. When the man made a bad decision, uh, didn't answer what she was doing, sunk up the whole place. You know why I'm sweating up here today? I'm sweating up here today because of, Ad, uh, because of Adam not being able to make a decision. That's why I'm sweating today. The Bible says that because of Adam allowing his wife to do what she wanted to do, that he will cause men to work and what? Sweat from their brow the rest of their life. Adam, where are thou? I'm looking for you too. Tired of messing up shirts for the church. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. What's your why? What is your why? 
I got seven minutes. What is your why? Why do you do what you do? Why do you not do what you want to do? When your why is big enough, you will find out how successful people know their why. You'll start to realize that people's lives are predicated off of their why. Some people call it purpose. Why? Why, why do I do the things I do? What you do matters. When you do it, matters much more. What you do matters. Why you do it matters much more. Yes, I did it. But the question is, why did you do it? You brought your check home. Why did you bring it home? Did you bring it home so you can have somebody to cook and eat? You know, you can eat and have a place to sleep, clean clothes? Or did you bring your check home because you love and protect and provide for those in that house? Same check, whole different spirit. Why do you do what you do? When you start talking about building generational wealth, you have to make room for better. When you start talking about leaving a legacy, one of the first things you have to do after you make up your mind, purify your heart, you have to start making room for better. You have to make room for better. Because if you don't, you'll become complacent. So I got to move things out the way. And, and, and where I lived, that was great, but it's time for God to move me. I, I enjoyed this house I've been in, but it's time for me to move. God didn't want me to live here the next 40 years. Now, I can still have a house and, 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 and rent it out and still get it paid off. He want me to have the property, but I ain't got to be there. I can move to somewhere else and start my entrepreneurship and continue to live because I want better. So if I want better, I have to make room for what I want. I can't talk about it. I got to be about it. Make room for your better. You talk too much. And no action. So when you talk now, people just have listened to you. You know, I got an idea. And it says, they over that eight. Girl, I got to, let me get this call. You know, because they tired of hearing you because you're not including better. You tell them what you want to do, but you're not doing it. You're not telling them why you want to do it. We all must suffer from the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. You will suffer. We got to suffer. Dorothy says over in the book of John, those who are with Christ have to endure long suffering. You're going to endure some suffering. You have to make up in your mind, church, listen. Will I, dis will I suffer from pain or regret? What, what are you suffering from? I should have, could have, would have. Oh, if I just could have. I meant to. You know how many people would be rich if they just got paid? I meant to. Or I was fixing to. Uh, you know, I was fixing to. Yeah, I, I know Deacon Dixon laughing like, that's poor grandma. Yeah, but that's what they say. I, I was fixing to. 80% of your friends are unhappy. 80% of your friends are unhappy with their lives because they don't know their why. 
Think about it. Put that one on Facebook. Put that one on Facebook. 80% of your friends are unhappy because they don't know their why. That's why they hang with you all the time. Because you become their why. They become codependent on you and don't realize you're struggling just as much as they are. You get two unhappies together now, that's a big negative. Yeah, but they don't know their why. People walking around this earth, dead people walking because they still haven't defined their why. They, they don't know their whys. God wants us to have generational wealth. He wants us to, to fund the kingdom work. He wants us to provide well for our household. He wants us to leave a legacy for generations to come. He wants us to subdue the earth. He wants us to do these things, but we refuse to do them because we ignore our why. We, we ignore our why. Last thing, and I'm done. Back in 1990, February, there was a young man who learned his why. He learned his why before the biggest opportunity in his life. You see, this guy got in the ring with Iron Mike Tyson. This guy, Buster Douglas, got knocked down, pretty much almost knocked out. And up to this point, nobody had ever, ever got up from when Mike Tyson knocked them down. When he about knocked them out, they stayed down. That was the old saying, everybody want to fight Mike Tyson and can beat him until they get hit by him. Buster Douglas' odds were, were crazy odds to win this fight. He gets knocked down. Mike do what Mike does. They almost had to count five, six, Seven, they, they count them down, you get to 10, it's over. They got to nine and something magically delicious happened. The bell rung. Brother Griffin, you know I ain't lying. The bell rung. He was saved by the bell. Some of y'all have lived more than nine lives. But God keeps saving you with his grace and his mercy and the world knew they had you. You was on the canvas, and the world was counting, and God said, bring a little grace on them. Ding! Saved by the bell. They got Buster up, took him to the corner, and the whole world knew. I was in Athens in school at this time. All us down there, cause we all were Mike Tyson fans, because nobody knew Buster Douglas. Just like nobody in the world knows you yet. Oh, but it's coming. Oh, it's coming, baby. They don't know you yet. You had not been introduced yet because God's waiting on the right time. But you're going to get introduced. And when you get introduced, the whole world is going to say, who is that masked man? They didn't know Buster Douglas yet. But God had to allow Buster Douglas to go through the storm in front of all these people. And I say, well, what made Buster get up? What, what was his why? Because you see, before the fight, the only two people believed he was going to win was him and his mama. Yeah. <laughs> Elder Ben, like, you know I ain't lying. Him and his mama were the only two, and I don't care what it is in the world, 
Ain't nobody else going to believe in you but your mama sometime. Everybody else say you're ugly. Mama going to find the beauty in you. Yeah, mama going, yeah, my baby's smart. <laughs> your, your baby, your baby's special. That's what your baby is. Your baby's not smart. Your baby's special. Buster Douglas' mama got on TV because they wasn't used to all this. Mike Tyson used to it. She gets on TV, uh, my baby going to beat Mike Tyson. That mama right there looked just like son with afro. That's Mama Douglas right there. Mama Douglas, my son going to beat Mike Tyson. Ain't nobody else counting on you. Ain't nobody believing in you but your mama and God. And that's all you need. And if mama ain't there yet, turn on mama and just start looking up to the hills. From which cometh my help, my help cometh. Let me finish, call. I got, I got a few, I got to go. Y'all taking up my time. Buster gets knocked down in a fight. Buster could have laid down. And people would have understood, you see, because Buster's mother had just died two days before the fight. So if Buster wanted to lay down, everybody would have gave him a pass. But that's why the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Because God say you could either lay down and die Use what I put in you as your why and get up. Buster got up, the bell rang and saved him. But it didn't change the environment. Sometimes God will raise you up. Yeah, and you came over this storm, but you look out there and the environment is still the same. Uh, temporarily. Yeah, you're, you're scared to tell people the truth about you because you're worried about imagery. And, I, you know, I don't want people to think bad of me, but people don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in. They don't have one breath to give you. When your environment looks like it's not changing, know that it's not the environment that needs to change. It's you that had to change, and you're going to change the environment. Don't they slay me. Yet shall I trust him. That's how I changed my environment. He was slayed. Tyson had him down. And everybody knew who knew a little bit about boxing. When Tyson smelt blood, he was salivating in the corner, elder. That jungle was like this, get ready to come out. And when that bell rung, Tyson came back at him. He tried to kill him when he was down. Oh, but he couldn't do it. Tyson couldn't kill him. He couldn't knock him out. Buster rolled them rings until he got his next win, ducked a couple of times, and did something to Tyson that had never been done. He fought back. Yeah. Hoo-hoo-hoo. You know your problem. You know why you haven't reached your destiny. You know why you haven't claimed your glory. You know why you haven't stretched your arm and brought down your victory. Because you're not fighting back. Tell a neighbor, fight back. Yeah, yeah, fight back, baby, fight back. I'm clapping my hands. Fight back, baby, fight back. 
fight back. Fight for your children. Fight for the next generation. Fight for what's coming behind you. Fight back. Bust the folk back. And it started shifting the atmosphere. Yeah. So don't worry about your environment changing when you have the power to shift the atmosphere. The atmosphere is greater than the environment. Oh, because that's where Satan tried to roam to and fro, seeking who he can devour, which means it's a power up there. Yes, 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 yes. It's our change. Buster got there and he showed the true weakness of Tyson. Tyson didn't have a lot of lungs because he had never went that far. Tyson didn't have a why. He just assumed he was going to beat him. They was in Tokyo. They went way to Tokyo. Buster Douglas had to go way over to Tokyo to claim his glory. And later on, Buster didn't only beat Tyson. He didn't beat him by points. Go back to my thing, Sean. He, he, he knocked him out. Yeah, he, look, look, look how he land. He's laying horizontally. He, he's laying horizontally. Buster was trying to get Tyson to go meet his mama. I want you to meet the one who prophesied my victory. Meet the one who prophesied my victory. Y'all call people crazy when they say, I see greatness in you. But they see the greatness in you. You don't see it in yourself because you've forgotten your why. Stop forgetting your why. Understand that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. That you can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. Quit crying. Dry your eyes and fight. The church is giving you everything you need regarding building generational wealth. Now it's up to you to fight. Now it's up to you to get in the ring. With a gladiator, with a Goliath that's been beating you down. Time to get in the ring and fight. Yeah, time to get your good name back. Time to restore residence in your bloodline. It's time. Quit claiming, uh, talking about what people don't do, they ain't going to do right, and start saying they're going to do right. Oh, things are changing in this bloodline. Oh, yeah, not just me and my, my wife, but everybody in our bloodline going to be prosperous. Everybody in our bloodline going to have a great name. Everybody in our bloodline going to know how to save. Everybody in our bloodline going to know how to tithe. Everybody in our bloodline going to know how to give an offering. Everybody in our bloodline going to understand what it means to help those who don't have. We're going to understand how to help the poor. Start speaking it. Because your generational wealth it's dependent upon it. What is your why? What's your why? 
Why you do what you do? Are, are, are you doing things so people look at you and, and you feel like I finally made it? Because here, here it is. There are so many addictions in this world. I get tired of people just thinking, well, Mayor Dixon, that they only talk about uh, smoking and drinking. But there are, those are the worst too. There are more that are detrimental because we can't see them. Like I have to be around people addiction. I need somebody always patting me on my back addiction. I get an attitude and don't speak to nobody for three days. Who am I talking to? Addiction. See, there's more than drinking and, 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 and smoking. We got all kinds of stuff. I got a shopping addiction. Somebody in here say, I got a cussing addiction. And somebody say, I know you. You got a cussing demon. You don't got past an addiction. She's talking about shopping. She ain't talking about cussing. But we really need more people in the church like that. We need more people radical in the church. When I went out to the church out in Dallas, uh, I can't, what's his name? Robert Morris. He had five services on, between Saturday and Sunday, all unpacked out. That's just how the people act. Them jokers wide open, and these ain't our people. We got some of our people in there. We got a little pep in there, but it's mostly salt. They running around acting. They, they ain't acting. They for real. They come to church in shorts and everything. But they believe in the Lord enough that they got a $90 million bill and paid it off in five years. How do you do that? You get people in now with you who build in generational wealth because you need big seeds in the ground. Yeah, we got people up in church in tithes every week giving $20. Them jokers at church on Saturday in shorts, flip-flop, with a polo shirt down, 60, 70 years old, down front, praising God. They praise God because they know the seed in the ground. They know they're a part of something that's going somewhere. When you realize that, your prayer will change. Your praise will change. When Buster Douglas realized what we had an opportunity to do, his mindset changed. Now he wasn't trying to survive no more. He became the predator. And for the first time, Mike Tyson became the prey. Uh, now look at him. Oh, that's what victory looks like. Yeah, he ain't looking pretty. Look at the sweat. Yeah, Adam, look at the sweat. Look at his team. His team don't even look good together. They, they don't look like them. You know the professional team, most of them cats be... You know, they got all the money, whatever, the best money could buy. That's loyalty right there. That's loyalty. That's, those are the few people. They shocked. They, they're shocked. Look at the guy right here, the Caucasian guy. Fist half, he he want to ball it up, but it's halfway there because they're shocked. Because truth be told, it was a great payday. They'll probably never get back to Tokyo, but the two who really believed outside of God, was Buster and his mama. His why was bigger than him. His why became her. That, 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 it became her. But that's Buster's story. What's yours? 
What becomes your why? What becomes why I'm going to do better? What becomes your I'm going to fight till the last breath in me taken out, but as long as I got breath, I'm going to fight. What's your why? I can't answer your why. You have to answer your own why. You're the only one who knows your why. And I know we sing, pray together, eat together, all that. But what's your why? Because eventually, if you don't realize that, you will be left behind. This church is moving. It's moving in a mighty way. Moving toward a greater place each and every day. You have to make sure that you're on that train moving forward. Yes, here we go. My ticket has been paid through blood, sweat, and tears. I'm going to stay on this ride until I find my victory, until I find my generational wealth and how to build it, not only for me, but as the Bible declared, my children, children's, my children's children, my children's children, that becomes my why has to be something greater than you because most of us don't think much of ourselves. We can't because we know us. Not thinking, the Bible says, don't exalt yourself any more than you should. So you can't think too much of yourself. Not when Jesus slept on the ground. He didn't think no more of himself. When he told the disciples to go and beg, I mean, go and ask people, and if they don't give, keep going. So that lets me know that you can't think no more of yourself. Always work to be done. That's Bible now. Yeah. Building generational wealth. Your life should change today. It's going to change coming to this altar. It's going to change in the offering. For those who haven't, now we got some people in here who don't miss. But for those who have been, who needed that encouragement as we stand. I pray this morning that God touch you in such a way that will bless you like never before. Building generational wealth. Come on up, Sean. I'm with you. God bless you. She said, I'm, I ain't even got to be called and asked. Come on, ministers. Let's go get this thing going. Y'all put your hands together as the people start coming to the altar. Come on now.